0: Praise God, brothers and sisters. Before we look at this week's next topic on the I Am series, I thought it'd be very appropriate if we took some time to first see what it is that the Bible says about death. And the first place I want to turn to was the book of Revelations chapter 20. And very soon you guys will see why this is very important. This is the book of Revelations chapter 20, starting at verse 11, reading down. To verse 15. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which were written in the books. Now, brothers and sisters, according to the scriptures, we know that there are two deaths. The first one is a physical death. This is a death of our bodies, and this is normal. Every single person will experience this first physical death. In fact, we see even in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, for example, it literally says, Oh, foolish ones, don't you know that your flesh must die before it is resurrected. The seed must die before it is raised incorruptible. So for every single person, believer or not, this first death, we will experience the death of our bodies. But there is a second death, and this second death is what you and I need to be afraid of, brothers and sisters. This first death is normal. It's scary, but it's normal. But the real death that we need to fear is This second death. This is a death where all whose names are not written within the book of life are cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death according to the Word of God. And with these things in mind, let us turn back to John chapter 11. We briefly heard Andre read quickly through the first 25 verses, and we're going to pick up right where he left off. But let's start at verse 21. Down to verse 24. It says, Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. The first thing we want to see or the first thing I want to note here is this. Martha does not understand the resurrection. Martha and the Jews and everyone at that time, when they thought of the resurrection, it was something vague. It was something far away. It was something very distant. It was not personal. It was not tangible. It did not mean much to them. And so when Jesus says to her, your brother Lazarus will rise again, she says, yes, Lord, I know he'll rise again someday, sometime in the future. He will rise again. And this is where Jesus needs to correct Martha. We read in verse 25, he says this, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is to come into the world. It's true that Martha did believe that Jesus was the Christ. Martha did believe that Jesus was God in the flesh. You know, Martha believed that. But as we read later in this chapter, she still does not believe that Lazarus will rise again. We know reading the scriptures that this is something Jesus did intentionally. We know reading through this that Jesus knew Lazarus would die and so he delayed his visit on purpose. Why does Jesus do that? Jesus does that so that one more time he could manifest himself to the world as someone who had power not only over sickness, not only over things like whether or not you were lame or blind or mute or deaf, not only in that he could cast out demons, but that he also had power over death itself. It was expedient and it was good for Lazarus to die so that Jesus could show everyone around him that even he had power over life and death itself. And so knowing this, we see Martha only has a vague idea of the resurrection. Martha does not believe that this resurrection is real. She believes it's somewhere far away in the future, and she does not realize who is standing right next to her. And as we go through this chapter, we actually see something very interesting. We see that the crowds are groaning. Everyone is sad. Everyone is mourning. Everyone is sorrowful because Lazarus is dead. And what are they doing to Jesus? They're saying, oh Jesus, if only you had been here, Lazarus would not have died. Mary and Martha are saying, Jesus, if only you had been here, our brother would not have died. They even say things like this, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? So everyone around Jesus is saying, if only you were here earlier, Lazarus would would not have died. And at this very same time, we see Jesus himself is troubled. Jesus himself is groaning. Jesus is hearing these things. He's hearing this complaining that's around him. He's seeing this mourning. He's seeing this sorrow, and his own soul is troubled. Why is that? Jesus Christ, the only one who could give eternal life to you and to me. Jesus, saying in verse 25, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Jesus knew that he alone could give them exactly what they needed, and that was not only physical healing. Yes, he would raise Lazarus from the dead physically, but he could give to every single person around him something so much more special, something that was so much more valuable, something that was so much more important and that was spiritual and eternal life jesus was the only one that could keep them from the second death no one can escape the first death this body will die brothers and sisters our bodies will die brothers and sisters. But he who believes in Jesus Christ, though his body may die today, yet forevermore he will live forever. For he has been resurrected. He has received life. He has received that which is eternal and that which no one can take away from him. And even if you are in in a place where you are like Lazarus, who is already physically dead by your relationship with Jesus Christ, you will live again. And you will live forever. Forever, and you will reign with Jesus Christ forevermore. And so Jesus is hearing this complaining. Jesus is seeing that people are groaning and sorrowful and mourning, and he is troubled within himself because Martha still does not believe that Lazarus will rise from the dead. Let's read from verse 38 down. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb it was a cave and a stone lay against it and jesus said take away the stone martha the sister of him who was dead said to him lord by this time there is a stench for he has been dead four days even up to this moment martha does not believe lazarus will rise from the dead if you were to do a contemporary translation let's call this dennis's contemporary translation jesus i'm glad that you're here i'm glad that you finally showed up but he smells lord jesus he's been in there not for a day not for two days he's been there for four days why do you want us to roll away the stone martha does not believe that lazarus will rise from the dead and Jesus. Once again, says verse 40, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Once again, we see Jesus, he knows why this has happened. He's done this intentionally. He wanted Lazarus to be dead, not only for one day, not for two. He wanted him to be dead for four days. He wanted it to smell. He wanted people to know this guy is dead. For what purpose? That God might be glorified through it. And so he says in verse 43, Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Lazarus was dead for four days. Martha, Mary, these were people whom Jesus loved. The scripture says Jesus wept, and everyone is looking and saying, look at how much Jesus loved Lazarus, and they didn't believe that Jesus could raise him from the dead, and yet when Jesus says to him, Lazarus, come forth, we see God, through his son, Jesus Christ, doing absolutely all that he said he would. When Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, he took that opportunity to show them that he was the resurrection and the life. Jesus did not merely speak empty words. He showed them the by raising Lazarus from the dead physically, that he could not only raise people from the dead physically, but he could eternally save them from that second death. And for you and me, the message is still the same. Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is saying, I can give you eternal life. Though you may die, though you might be afraid of what is happening, we have this disease that is spreading. Though this may kill you, you will live forevermore. We have escaped the second death through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ himself. He lived a perfect and spotless life. He lived a righteous life. He was the payment for your sin and for my sin. And when we read about the story of Lazarus, we are really reading a story about ourselves, brothers and sisters, for we are like Lazarus, dead in our sins, dead in our trespasses. We are laying in the tomb dead according to the scriptures. The Word of God tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for the ungodly, that we might be raised with him, you and I are like Lazarus, brothers and sisters, and you and I cannot save ourselves, brothers and sisters. You and I can do absolutely nothing when it comes to saving ourselves. You and I cannot resurrect ourselves. You and I cannot escape the second death. You and I can do absolutely nothing unless it is Christ who comes to us and tells us to come forth. There is nothing that you and I can do to save ourselves unless it is God who reveals himself to you, brother and sister. Unless Jesus comes to you and gives you a revelation of your sin, of your lack of righteousness, of your need to be saved, you cannot believe and be saved, brother and sister. Unless Jesus is the one who tells you to come forth, you will be lying dead in your sins. And trespasses, But the day that the Lord speaks to your heart and you hear his voice, the day that you hear the preaching of the word, the day someone speaks to you and shares to you this message of salvation, and you hear Jesus speaking to you, telling you to repent and to turn to him, the day that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he says to you, brother and sister, Lazarus, come forth. And you and I, brothers and sisters, become joined to his death. We become joined to his crucifixion on the cross. We become joined to his resurrection. And this body that has enslaved us our whole lives becomes dead. And we are no longer slaves to the sin that is inside of us, brothers and sisters, but you and I are free to leave that tomb. Brothers and sisters, at the voice of Jesus Christ, when he calls to us and he tells us to come forth, we are no longer slaves. We do not have to stay in that tomb. Brothers and sisters, you and I can walk out free and whole and eternally alive and secure only by grace, only through the faith that comes in believing in Jesus Christ can you and I leave that tomb whole and alive. And yet... Our grave clothes are still on us, brothers and sisters. This sinful flesh, although it is crucified, it still clings to us. We, like Lazarus, are set free. We are alive and we leave that tomb. But we still stink, brothers and sisters. We still have the flesh clinging to us. And the rest of our life is spent on slowly removing, bit by bit, bit by bit, removing these grave clothes that are still hanging on us brothers and sisters for the rest of our life while we live on this earth we are growing in sanctification and although we are alive forevermore God is glorifying himself by making us more and more like his son Jesus Christ and as you and I are living on this earth the flesh is still influencing us the grave clothes still smell brothers and sisters and sometimes I find myself sinning still. Sometimes I find myself sinning with my thoughts, with my actions, with my words. Very often I find myself still smelling, brothers and sisters, because this flesh is still here to stay. That is exactly why you and I must die physically. Brothers and sisters, when you and I stand before God, having this physical body put to death, that is only when God can give us our new glorified bodies, brothers and sisters. And with that new body, we will never experience the pain and the sorrow and the death and the sin that had clung to us our whole life lives, brothers and sisters. This second death is something that all of us can avoid. This second death is something that all of us can be free from, but only if we respond to the voice of Jesus Christ. You see, Martha believed in Jesus. Yes, Martha knew that Jesus Christ was Lord, but she did not believe that Lazarus would rise from the dead. Jesus used this as an opportunity to show everyone that he was who he said he was, that Jesus was, in fact, the resurrection, that Jesus was the life, and that through him, though you were to die, you would live forever more, brothers and sisters, and even if you were to die you would reign forevermore with him. We no longer fear death, brothers and sisters. Death is victory to us. Oh, death, where is your sting? The word of God tells us, for death was swallowed up. Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for our sin, paid the penalty of our sin, which was death. And by grace alone, you and I can be free from the fear of death. You and I can be free from the fear of the second death. And like Lazarus, at the call of Jesus Christ, we can come forth and we can be free forevermore. Let's use this as an opportunity to pray, to glorify our Lord, our Savior Jesus Christ, to thank Him for what He's done for us. If there are those of you who are listening, those of you who are in this place, we could say, and you have received Jesus Christ as Lord, you have heard His call, you have heard Him call your name, and you have received Him in faith Glorify the Lord. Thank him for saving you from so great a fear, from such a damnation, from the second death, which is the lake of fire. Praise him for that. Thank him for that. But if you are in this place or you are hearing this message and you realize that you are still dead in your sin, you are still in that tomb, I want you to know that you do not have hope, brother or sister. Apart from Jesus Christ, you do not have any hope hope, and you must repent. You must turn to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The last day in the resurrection is not a vague event. Jesus Christ said that he is coming soon, and this time he's coming on a cloud of glory, and he will judge the world and the nations. Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life, and you cannot have eternal life apart from him. Let's pray.